3: From KQED. Hey there. Many of us are taking a long overdue break this holiday weekend. So we thought we'd share one of our favorite road trip episodes with you. It's a show from back in 2017 where we visited some of our favorite hidden gems around the state. And the good thing is all these spots are still around for you to enjoy. Cannibal! On today's California Report magazine, we're flying high above the redwoods, soaring above the canopy of some of the state's most majestic trees. California is full of incredible, unique places. And on today's show, we're going to take you on a summer road trip to find some hidden gems. Out of the way, unusual spots. Not the usual tourist destinations.
4: So both hands on the trolley. Don't forget to cannonball. Okay. There you go. Woo! I'm on this zip line tour here in
3: Sonoma County. We've got six other people going on the Redwoods with us and our two fabulous guides. I'm here with my producer, Susie Racho. We're both taking a deep breath and just having faith as we hear other people scream their way across the trees you guys have any tips like don't look down do look down what's better
4: towards the end you definitely want to look up but take it nature so both hands on the trolley you can just sit into your harness pick up your feet you'll start to zip all right whatever you ready. all right i'm sasha Coca, and this is the california report magazine it's our hidden gen
3: show <laughs> On our road trip, we're gonna take you to find fresh, giant strawberry donuts in the middle of the night. And pie, so delicious, people fly in
2: just to eat it. Everybody takes pie.
0: You know, here's, here's the treasure.
2: Today, and a piece of cherry pie. And I will enjoy that later this afternoon. And
3: we'll visit a spectacular canyon where you can truly camp in solitude.
5: There's a shooting star. And another, the Milky Way. Looks like someone took a giant paintbrush and swiped the sky with glitter.
3: Plus some unusual gardens planted by an eccentric opera singer.
0: When Madame was trying to get a hold of one of the gardeners, she would almost sing out their name. She'd be going, Charlie.
3: Our first stop will give us a sweet start. Some fuel for our road trip across California. Now, Gotham City may have Batman, Metropolis may have Superman, but Glendora, California has the Donut Man.
0: I am the Donut Man. Everyone calls me that wherever I go now. They don't know me as Jim anymore. Even my good friends a lot of times say, oh, he's the Donut Man.
3: People come to Jim Nakano for what many call the best donuts in Southern California. They line up at the window of his small shop. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it sits on one of the most historic roads in the country. And we're going to head there now with reporter Peter
6: Gilstrap. On this commercial stretch of Route 66 at 7.30 a.m. on a Monday, there's not a lot of kicks to get, unless they involve donuts. And at Donut Man, there is one kick above all others. Definitely heard a lot about the strawberry one, and that's like kind of the iconic one if you look them up online or anything like that. Jason Abdallah is from Chicago. This is his first visit to Donut Man. I saw that tray just came out. How does that look to you? Insane, absolutely insane. I don't know how you eat that. The source of this insanity is indeed the strawberry one, a shell of fried dough jammed with fresh strawberries drenched in a thick strawberry syrup. Since 1974, it's been the main attraction at Donut Man.
0: My wife in the 70s, early 70s, she uh, said we should go for the American dream and we're thinking what kind of business and she says to me, uh, I like hot donuts.
6: That's how it all began, though Nakano has survived a lot more than just 45 years in the donut trade. An East L.A. native, he and his family were sent to an internment camp in Arizona during World War II. During the Vietnam War, Nakano joined the Naval Air Corps. He made it through all of that to make a life in donuts. When you make these things, is it uh, like a sense of pride?
4: I mean, yeah, because you know, you turn them around and you see and you watch people's faces come up and they're like, oh my God, that thing's huge, it's massive.
6: Employee Caitlin Johnson is laying out a fresh batch. The donuts glisten in the morning sun as customers goggle through the window like they're gazing at newborns.
4: Just looking at them, you get hungry. So it's kind of like, you're happy because you know people look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, like I want one. Jelly
0: donuts, jelly donuts always are a treat. Jelly donuts, jelly donuts, are so good
6: to eat. During strawberry season, between February and September, Nakano and his crew of 36 are moving donuts as fast as they can put them out, baking around the clock.
0: And you could eat that in the morning, uh, you could eat it as a snack, and you could eat it for lunch because it's so big, oh, that and a lot of people eat it for desserts in the evening or so like that. So you could use that strawberry donuts for many use. Including glazed
6: apologies the strawberries have gotten me out of trouble with the wife so many times jim a glendora local began coming to donut man 40 years ago donuts are fantastic the people are even better for nakano the feeling is mutual
0: i think that's one of the reason i still here is that the customers are just so good. We're on about a third generation of kids sometime, so you know, you see the grandparents and you say, God, Jim, you know, bring in grandkids now and all that. And I laugh, and yep, yeah, I remember when you were kind of young too, or we were both young.
6: At 77, Jim Nakano is still at the shop every morning at 6.30. He says he has no interest in retiring from the business of making donuts and of making people happy. For the California Report, I'm Peter Gilstrap.
3: You can't have donuts without flour. And in the old days, you'd have to grind that flour in a mill. That leads us to our next stop in the Napa Valley. Hidden among the picturesque landscape of vineyards and wineries sits a place that dates back to the time when California was still a part of Mexico. The California Report's Ryan Levy takes us there.
2: Whitehall Lane Winery off on the left. Del Dado, Del Dodo Winery. Heading north on Highway 29, I pass a lot of wineries. The Satui Winery. So many that I almost drive right past my destination. Oh, there it is, Belgrist Mill Historic Park. Okay, turn in here. I park and follow a short path through the woods, walking alongside a bubbling creek. Through the overgrown trees, I see a wooden wheel as tall as a telephone pole. It looks like a redwood Ferris wheel, slowly turning with what looks like clock gears at its center. This behemoth is the heart of the Bale Grist Mill Historic Park.
4: This 36-foot mill wheel can give us, in theory, about 30 horsepower.
2: Tour guide and head miller Steve Harrell looks like a short Indiana Jones with a brown leather vest and fedora. He's explaining the mill's history to a couple dozen visitors.
4: When they were milling for production in the 19th century on this mill, they were milling about between 700 and 1,000 pounds of flour an hour.
2: The mill was built in the mid-1840s by Dr. Edward Bale, an English surgeon who came to Mexican California on a whaling ship. By 1849, Bale was dead, and the mill was left to his widow, 27-year-old Maria, who also had to care for the couple's six young children. But with thousands of people flowing to California looking for gold in those years, Maria and her mill made bank. She
4: went from being indebted in 1848 to, by 1853, she was the richest woman in the Napa Valley.
2: The family sold the mill in 1860, and by the early 20th century, it stopped production completely. The mill fell into disrepair until the state park system took it over in the 1970s.
4: So, let's come inside.
2: Today, the mill is completely restored and operational, milling flour and corn products using the same process, if not the same quantities. Maria bailed it more than 150 years ago.
4: So, let's get going.
2: Harl turns a large metal crank one time around to increase the water flow to the wheel and get the milling process started. In the middle of the room, what looks like a metal tuning fork sits in the hole of a large wooden funnel. Out of the funnel and down a square wooden slide, freshly milled flour flows into a plastic bucket. Harl sticks his hand under the slide and rubs the flour between his thumb and forefinger. Amber Bamberg watches the demonstration in awe.
3: It's just really, Interesting to see how everything works the way they used to do it. The leather belts on the grain elevators and the big stones and it
5: was, it was just cool.
3: I could smell the flour when he was milling it. and I'm a nerd. <laughs>
1: $15 please.
2: Amber and her husband Donnie live just a few miles west in Santa Rosa. They're taking some of the bale mill flour home with them today.
0: We've probably driven past here a hundred times and never really put the thought
2: into, hey, what's that, so.
5: Something you have to look for. Now I'm gonna go look for other things like this, because this was so much fun.
2: (laughs) Miller Steve Harl hopes more people like the Bambergs will come visit the mill. He says they probably get a few thousand visitors a year, but could handle a lot more. Plus, he says, no one says you can't stop by a winery while you're up here. For the California Report, I'm Ryan Levy in the Napa Valley.
0: Here's some recipes to go with those flowers. Thank you.
3: So I'm standing about 60 feet high up on a platform Uh, that's up above... Way up above the ground around a redwood. I have hiked through redwoods before. I've driven my car through that one redwood, famous redwood in California before, but I have never soared up above the redwoods or ever been this high
4: up. Marina to Ariana, is it five clear? Zip five, eight clear, Marina. Nice, all right. Uh, so you might be a little less comforted uh, on this next platform that we're heading over to. Uh, that is our first coastal redwood. Woo! You can tell it's a coastal redwood because it's near the coast. It's red and it's wood. Uh, they really pulled out all the stops on creativity with that name right there. Um, but that tree is more like the yoga instructor of the forest. It moves and sways uh, with the wind and zip liners. Hi!
3: you're listening to the california report magazine it's our hidden gem show where we take you on a road trip to out of the way sometimes even secret spots across the state I am ziplining through the Redwoods in Sonoma County, and I'm seeing one of our state's most amazing treasures from a totally different perspective. That's what we try to do on our show every week, tell you stories about the people and places of California, transport you through sound to help you see the Golden State in a whole new way. Subscribe to our podcast so you can take us with you on your road trips, and let us know about your favorite hidden gems. Send us a note at
5: calreport at kqed.com.
4: In the middle of that last zip line, you guys were 2,400 inches off the ground. It just yeah. it doesn't make sense. Good job. Yes. If you're good at math, that's about 200 feet. If you're bad at math, it's like three gallons of milk.
3: now we're going to head to the coast to an oasis you won't find on many tourist maps. Some beautifully landscaped gardens just south of Santa Barbara. As Diane Bach tells us, they reflect the eccentric musical spirit of the woman who created them.
7: In 1941, Madame Gonawalska came to California, like many do, in search of spiritual enlightenment. Walska was a Polish opera diva. She toured Europe and the United States, collecting numerous husbands along the way. Encouraged by her sixth and final spouse, who was also her yoga guru, she buys a 37-acre estate in Montecito. But a few years later, the marriage falls apart. Walska claims the estate as her own and calls it Lotus Land. It is impossible to
1: separate the
7: creation from the creator. This is a very personal garden. It's very, it's, it is all Madame Gonawalska. Gwen Stauffer is Lotus Land's executive director. She was a collector by heart. So she collected all kinds of things. And when she found out plants were collectible, then she was collecting them with a vengeance um, from all over the world eccentric hats opulent gowns and glittering gemstones took a backseat to exotic flora and fauna and walska had an incredible knack for showcasing her newfound passion for maximum dramatic effect she'd instruct her gardeners to group hundreds of the same plants together like the barrel cactus which lined the driveway
0: when madame was trying to get a hold of one of the gardeners she would almost sing out their names. she would she'd be going Charlie,
7: or Mr. Kirst. Mike Ferner's worked at Lotusland for 38 years. He tends to the bromeliad garden. Also known as air plants, they're tucked into an enchanted forest just beyond the secluded, fanciful theater garden where Walska sometimes performed. To me, it's
0: it's pretty magical walking through here. Um, You come out of a succulent garden, and bam, there all of a sudden you're in this tropical area if you were walking through the forest in, in, in Costa Rica. A big
7: part of Lotusland's charm is the contrast between its classic elements, like the impressive rose garden and expansive lawns, and the unique plant specimens that Walska sought out.
4: Wow. It did. Cool. Her
7: final creation, and a must-see stop on the tour, is the cycad garden. Extraordinarily rare, cycads look like palm trees and date back to the Jurassic Age. In 1977, Walska auctioned off her treasured jewels to create this collection.
3: She lived over in this little annex over here.
7: She lived over there and she put a lot of her collections up in these rooms. Walska died at Lotusland in 1984. She was 96. The gardens opened to the public for tours seven years later. Gwen Stauffer. She was extraordinary. She didn't think like anybody else, but thank goodness, because who else would have come up with these these incredible, crazy, beautiful designs in these gardens? You're, normal people don't do that. This is, this is fun. And like the lady herself, Walska's horticultural legacy is over the top and unforgettable. For the California Report, I'm Diane Bach in Montecito.
6: People just pull off the highway, take a few pictures, and keep going.
3: That's park ranger Damian Laughlin talking about Red Rock Canyon State Park. It's at the southernmost tip of the eastern Sierra Nevada, and that's where we're headed next.
6: They don't realize how much more there is besides what you can see from the highway.
3: He's talking about Highway 14. That's the route many travelers take to get to Death Valley or Joshua Tree. But as Alice Daniel tells us, if you don't stop and pitch a tent at Red Rock, you're missing
5: out. Shh. It's late in the night, and I don't want to wake my family. I'm just going to step out of my tent. I can't sleep, so I'm going to look up at the universe. There's a shooting star. And another. The Milky Way looks like someone took a giant paintbrush and swiped the sky with glitter. The fluted cliffs behind me look like dark curtains cast in moonlight. Oh, hear that? It's the sound of quiet. Except for the random bird, I feel like I'm alone on planet Earth. But I'm not. And in the morning, the sun wakes us early. Luckily, it's still cool enough for a brisk hike into Hagen Canyon. Layers of mudstone and sandstone form buttes and cliffs that tower over us. Joshua trees stand guard on the desert floor, and there are way more lizards than people here. It's no wonder this place has been the backdrop for a lot of westerns. In the 1953 classic Law and Order, Ronald Reagan stood on a rock near here and took shots to scare an outlaw. Ready to go back now, Durango? Just a couple hours from Hollywood, this otherworldly landscape has been the setting for hundreds of movies, TV shows, and commercials. Buck Rogers, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, even Jurassic Park, for a scene set supposedly in the Montana Badlands.
6: Because velociraptor's a pack hunter, you see. He uses coordinated attack patterns, and he is out in force today.
5: We're not being chased by velociraptors, but my sons and I do escape on some of the dirt roads that lead us into the backcountry. This is fun. It's good to have a four-wheel drive with high clearance and plenty of water in case you get stuck. And if you are traveling with teens, they might notice that some of the roads here don't really require a driver's license. Okay, now you're gonna slowly, slowly lift up the clutch Press the gas slowly so it's My 15-year-old decides this This would be a safe place to learn to drive a stick shift. (laughs) Okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. That's fine. fine. Okay, yeah, okay. Now snap, stop, slow down, slow down. Do you know how to use the brake? (laughs) I'll forget it. This is not what I came here to do. I'd rather watch the colors of the desert shift in the sunlight and the ravens soar overhead. For the California Report, I'm Alice Daniel in Red Rock Canyon State Park. It's our Hidden Gems show.
3: I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine.
4: So because this uh, zip line has a lot of uphill to slow you guys down, uh, what you guys are gonna do is lean all the way back in your harness, just like that. So your arms are locked out straight, just like so. And if you can, try to get your knees all the way up to your elbows, cross at those ankles. That's a cannonball position. Or it's a fetal position in the air too, which also makes people feel nice and secure. (laughs) Guys, like always, have a blast. Fetal
3: position looks good to me. All right, guys. Goodbye. Our last stop takes us to Glen County, where Highway 5 cuts right through the middle of rice country between Sacramento and Redding. Next to those rice fields, There's a restaurant that's popular with travelers, farmers, truckers, and pilots. Some fly in just for the food. For the series California Foodways, Lisa Morehouse drops in on another hidden gem, Nancy's Airport Cafe.
1: Before I even step inside Nancy's, I see a man walk out of the restaurant and onto the tarmac of the Willows Airport.
2: My name is Marty Blaker, and I live in Rough and Ready, California,
1: a little town outside Grass Valley. He's carrying a telltale to-go bag.
2: Everybody takes pie, you know. Here's here's the treasure today in a piece of cherry pie, and I will enjoy that later this afternoon.
1: He says places like Nancy's are beacons for recreational pilots.
2: Well, there's a thing called a $100 hamburger. And what that means is usually you spend more money getting to the airport than you do on the hamburger itself. Uh, these days, it costs a little bit more than $100.
1: But it's worth it, getting to see California from thousands of miles in the air. Today, he saw the northern Sacramento Valley totally flooded.
2: But it's on purpose, it's all the rice fields have been flooded. So getting here was like flying over a big lake.
1: And today, from this airport, Crop dusters loaded with rice seed take off to plant those flooded fields from the air. Inside, waitress Tricia Lawson wears the same name tag she put on 26 years ago when she started working at Nancy's Airport Cafe. She points out photos covering every inch of wall space in the restaurant.
3: It's a thing here. Like, some people hang hats on the wall. We hang people's
1: pictures with their airplanes on the wall. And model planes.
3: They actually donate them here so that we can have a piece of their history and a piece of our history.
1: The neighboring airports got lots of history. After Pearl Harbor, the World War II pilot, Lieutenant Colonel Jimmy Doolittle, practiced for his bombing raids on Tokyo here. Another historic point, this airport's where aerial firefighting got its start in California. Lawson leads me into the back kitchen.
4: And this is... (laughs) <laughs> this is Elizabeth.
1: Elizabeth Martinez, the shy but prolific pie maker. I make blueberry, blackberry. The fruit and berries, cream cherry, pies people like pilot Marty Blaker fly in from all over California to eat. I ask, what does that feel like? The gratitude from the people, to me, is the best. Best pay can give me. And this is for Jerry, right? Yep. Yep. Trisha Lawson says in the first three hours of her shift, her tables fill up with regulars, rice farmers and truckers.
3: I never even use a ticket book because I already know what they want.
1: Though original owner Nancy Stokes sold the restaurant years ago, customer Colleen Brown says the place hasn't changed. For 22 years, she and her husband always stopped in on drives between Lawson County and the East Bay. He passed away last year, and I'm still coming here. She says even though they only came once or twice a year. There was a couple of the waitresses that when we walked in the door, they still remembered our names. As her husband's health deteriorated and she'd travel alone. They were always asking, well, how's he doing? It's just like it's home, Nancy's. Nancy's is a good spot. Anybody traveling, stop and say hi. And maybe do what the regulars do, get some pie to go. I took a whole lemon meringue home with me. For the California Report, I'm Lisa Morehouse in Willows.
3: And I'm Sasha Coca, and I'm ziplining through the redwoods in Sonoma County. And thankfully, I am almost done.
4: The last sip is the seven sip right overhead, and that is leading to the 60 foot rappel. Yes, that is the only way down off course as well. So uh, if you're nervous, I got
5: you, all right? Yeah.
4: Transferring on two, transferring
5: on one. Just hold on to the rope. Oh oh my
4: my God. God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this has been a real test. i nerves. nervous. I have a headache.
4: Awesome sauce. <laughs> Do you want another? Is this it? Please
3: tell me this is it. This is it. There's yeah. more.
4: No, no, this is it. This is uh, it. Wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can hold on to me. You can hug me. I'm gonna be moving though. We're gonna move this way. Move this way. Yep. We're
3: gonna to shuffle together. And that's it for our hidden gem show this week. The California Report Magazine is a production of KQED in San Francisco. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon. Susie Racho is our intrepid zip lining producer director. This week's show is engineered by Seal Muller, Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, and Brandon Willard. Can Will you remind me how to break?
5: <laughs> yes.
3: Nice flying <time> in the <sighs> window, Okay.
5: Yep.
3: All right. It's our Hidden Gems show. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report <sighs> magazine.
5: Oh, my God.